Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Marshall. Ramsey. I usually don't get to say the first introduction, but <laughs> nobody cares, but I happen to be recording today. Usually it's you. Today I'm recording because you are off-site. That's right. You may notice it's not my usual background. I'm out here in uh, California. Uh, I'm in a meeting conference room, a hotel meeting room. Let's just call it the Four Seasons uh, because <laughs> I want to drop a name like that. And so there may be people walking in and out. You know, my people will be setting up and doing some stuff for me. So uh, oh, yeah, don't perfect. mind the interruptions. Now, now with, with California, do you have any, uh, uh, you know, uh, COVID requirements that are that are going on for you there? Oh, this place is strict. Yeah, yeah, if I leave this meeting room without a mask on, there's a security guard with a with a silver platter, masks, and a tongs. <laughs> I'm serious. Awesome. If I step out this door right now, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, I will be tonged with a mask. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's crazy. That's great. Well, it's nice that they've been able to do it in a way that honors their own uh, values there within uh, within that luxurious hotel system. So um, speaking of, let's talk for a moment, not about Four Seasons, if I can do this. I I hate to do this to your your current host, but Ritz Carlton, we've talked about this a little bit on um, our uh, podcast in the past, but I I had an interview and we'll link to it uh, in the uh, in the show notes. I had an interview that I heard uh, between Andy Stanley on his leadership podcast and Horst Schulze uh, who was the the German who, I, I think it was a co-founder of Ritz-Carlton when they rebuilt the brand uh, in the 80s. And he he was responsible for opening the first, I don't know, 30 or so uh, of the hotels himself. Interesting guy. And um, he basically uh, makes this comment that um, it's really crucial early on um, to get everybody bought into, you know, that upgraded way of treating customers. And he called it a significant emotional event. He said, adults don't change their behavior unless there's a significant emotional event. And uh, so that's what we sort of want to talk about today is, is how, do you, how do you do that? How do you get these significant emotional events? You mentioned that um, you hear about significant emotional events often. You started noticing them when people talk to you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. As, as somebody who's incredibly curious, if, you know, if, you, if somebody's talking about a big life change that they've made, my first question is, so how did that happen, right? What, what was the process for that? And everybody you talk to, you know, I'll meet somebody and they'll, they'll tell me, you know, I've, I've, I've lost 150 pounds. And, I, and uh, you know, I'll be like, well, so how long were you were you overweight? Well, it was a decade, 10 years at least, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was morbidly obese. And so then I always ask the the exact same question. So what was the tipping point? What was that moment that that tipped from from this behavior to to change your life? Yeah. And they 100% of the time always have the story. And mm-hmm. they'll always share the story. And yeah. they range from uh like the this friend they were talking about um you know, they bent down to tie their shoes one day and when they sat back up they were out of breath. Huh. And and something that small, right? So it doesn't have to be, right. you, you know, you know, wasn't a car wreck or you, you know, a, a drone strike or a meteor hit them. It was it was just that moment of 
I can't live like this anymore. Uh-huh. I, had, uh, I had one person tell me they were they were trying to teach their kid to ride a bike and they couldn't run behind the bike. Uh-huh. And they knew something had needed to change. Uh, you, you know, when you meet these uh, these exercise and these vegan types, uh, you know, and, and they've had a, a, you know, this is a completely different lifestyle. Um, sure. At some point, they'll tell you they they had a heart attack and, and they lived. Mm-hmm. And but that was the that was the moment where it tipped. And I'll always ask him, so did you know before you had the heart attack that you were supposed to be eating healthy and right. exercising? And, and they'll go, oh, yeah, logically. I knew this and everybody around me was telling me, right? I think it's keyword. They were telling the doctor told me, my wife told me, right. people at work told me, my friends told me, Yeah. but it wasn't until I had the, the SEV, right? The, the significant emotional event, uh, that, 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 that it tipped within my mind to yeah. make a change and do something substantially different. I love that. And, uh, you know, it's funny because my guess is that people listening to this podcast will remember those specific examples you just gave about the bike and the tying the shoes because they are so memorable. Uh, they 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 tug on your heartstrings. They they put you in a uh, in somebody else's shoes into that uh, that moment. Uh, and that's probably just a good word for all of us: is you know don't don't ignore your opportunities when you have that significant emotional event. It's time to pause and go. Wait a minute what is going on here. Um, That's for personal behavior change. For people listening to this podcast, they're probably in a leadership position of some kind and are looking to help others change behaviors. So that's what we sort of want to talk about today is, uh, you know, there's there's an opportunity to orchestrate some of these significant emotional events uh, on behalf of your team to help them uh, with a, uh, you know, in some cases, a radical shift of, of their, uh, their, their uh, beliefs about what's going on, let alone their behavior uh, in, that, that pours out of that. So, um, so that's what we're, we're sort of here to, to quickly hit on some things. And I, I think, Mike, the first one that we ought to mention, just to give credit to, to Horst Schultze, is the idea of how they do their onboarding. Right. When, when, when that all happens, you know, he would talk about, you know, early on, he would walk into this room full of people who were going to be, you know, maids, uh, you know, uh, cleaning staff, wait staff, front desk staff, and he would wear a three piece suit. And he would say to them, you know, here's what you have to understand is uh, we serve ladies and gentlemen. And you are ladies and gentlemen. This organization is about ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And it was just a whole new way to think about yourself and how you carried yourself um, that uh, was uh, in some ways foreign to the industry, the professions that many of these people were in. So there was this two-day period. I think they still do it that way, that it's a a two-day window uh, when you start with the organization that you're going to have this uh, big uh, big impactful chance to reevaluate how you even look at yourself and then carry that forward into how you uh, interact with customers and treat customers. So there's one to get the ball rolling. Uh, no, I, I think that's fantastic. And, and I, I wish I could remember the book. It might have been a, the Dan Heath book um, where he called it, he said that, you know, you must create for organizations and teams a moment of tripping over the truth. Ah, right, that's where, good. Where, where there's a significant emotional event 
But one of my one of my favorites, uh, you know, I had I had this uh, automotive dealership I was working with, and they wanted to they wanted the everybody who touched the car to take better care of the car and to and to keep the customer in mind. And so they had a they had a customer come in. It was a good customer. And they were really close with them, and they asked the customer during the course of their vehicle maintenance to sit in the passenger seat. Hmm. So he just sat there, and so so. The guy came up, you know, to put the plastic in the seat and the guy's sitting there. And and it was amazing that that everybody treated the car better, right? Because the customer is sitting right here. This is not just a car. This is their car. This person's personal vehicle. Yeah. And and I'm touching it. They see me opening the hood, wiping it, making sure we didn't get any dirt on it. Yeah. Right. There was just there was this whole it changed the whole emotion about yeah. Yeah, this is just not you know number twenty seven uh, right. for the day. Right. This is a human being's pride and joy, and something that he 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 trades his time for to get money for, and then right. pays for this vehicle. Well, and, and you know and, you could just, you could keep doing that, right? Like you you wouldn't have to um, uh, you know make every customer go through that, but you could introduce like let's say spot deliveries. You know, a, a car gets sold. We need to go right now, get it ready. We, you know, we, this wasn't something we had prepped ahead of time. It was just, you know, on the spot. Uh, we sold this car. We've got to go detail it, clean it up. Um, you could page your detail staff, your, your uh, cleaners to come up, uh, somebody to come up and introduce them. This is Mr. Smith. He just bought this brand new blah, blah, blah. And we'd like you to get this car ready for delivery. He's going through the paperwork now shake hands, look people in the eye. Oh, that's a human being. It's not a car. Um, so that's a great one. It, I, and it's humanizing. I guess there's the point is that it's humanizing the whole experience. Yeah. You do something off the, you know, so many times it, yeah, it becomes a little mechanical, a little routine. And yeah. we forget that there's a human being, right? It's a, like every doctor that's ordered the phrase minor surgery. <laughs> there is no such thing as minors for me it's it, it's mine i've only done it once yeah <laughs> i'm only going about to do it once it's a big deal right so, right. so i'd appreciate it maybe you've done it two thousand times and that's one of the reasons i'm talking to you yeah but i want you to behave like it's the most important one that you've ever done yeah that's so hard to do there's a behavior change right like that the, <laughs> you know uh uh it any any business that you're in that people don't experience very often, which would include automotive purchases, right? Most people don't do that very often. And when they come back in, they're a little timid. And yeah, you, this is the, you know, 50th car you've sold uh, financing and insurance products on this month, but it's this guy's first in five years. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, that's a behavior change to think that way. Well, and you think about, right, as the leader, you can organize, you can orchestrate these things. Yeah. So I, I was leading this team and it was a, it was a, a big team of people and they, but they were spread out all around the state. And so we only got together occasionally. So it was, a, we went to the, the, you know, the team was formed. We went to this training and, and we were flying back. I was working with the travel agent and she says, all right, you got two choices. When you're coming back from the conference, you got a 45 minute layover or you got a three hour layover. Hmm. Which one do you want? And I said, I'll take the three. Mm -hmm. She goes, well, that's just nuts. Nobody wants to spend three hours in an airport. I'm <laughs> like, trust me on this. So they all go to training and they all went to different training. So each, each, each of their offices had, you know, different training. So we all flew out together 
And now I got this team that's incredibly excited, learned a whole bunch of new stuff, and they're trapped in an airport together with no <laughs> distractions. Yeah. <laughs> so they all just talked and mm. bonded. And you know, what'd you learn? Oh man, I learned this thing. We really got to try this. And they were, and they were, you know, and so I had three hours of of this incredible team building moment where that where it is truly where the team gelled. That's where and, it happened. And everything after that became much easier. Yeah. And, and so, but but the logical thing would be, you know, they're going to be away from home and they're going to be tired, get them home as quick as possible. But, right. I never told them we had the option for a 45 minute layover. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad, but but I knew that, that they would want to talk and it would, and because as soon as they, as soon as we got home, they all went to their different locations, right? They were hours apart they weren't going to have that interaction unless I created that moment where there was going to be this emotional sharing of an excitement. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I just knew it would, it would work. Okay. Well, this conversation's already gone a direction. I didn't think it would go, which is exactly what I hoped would happen. Um, but, uh, new, new hire orientation onboarding, um, tripping over the truth as, as an overall principle. Um, and that's often going to happen when you spend time with human beings. Could be the customer, could be coworkers in a informal setting, but that's a that's a moment of opportunity. It brings me the other big one that I thought of was um, hard conversations. Uh, you know, the the manager with the employee. Um, it is a significant emotional event when you give negative feedback, especially for somebody who's been doing it, you know, a, a certain way a long time. Um, or there's there's been some blow up or something that's that's caused tension and to have the courage to go into that conversation oh i know it's hard um uh you know you don't know what the fallout's going to be it's it's risky i mean it's just risky hopefully it goes well but it's risky um but having that conversation um can change people's lives i mean it, it could really it could alter a career path uh, for somebody who uh, hears what you're saying and uh, takes it to heart. Um, oh. So I just, I just think that's a big deal to worth talking about is the one-on-one -on -one hard conversation. Yeah, I heard a story just the other day where, where the, the, the manager, he had a sales team and one guy on the sales team was, was pushing everybody around and he brought the salesperson in and, and, he, and he just looked at him and, and said, listen, you're a bully. Mm. in every sense of the word you are a bully on this team mm. and yeah i got to talk to that guy later and he said that was the best thing anybody had ever told him mm. right he, he he thought he was tough he thought he was defending his his territory yeah. right but he did not in any way shape or form want to be a bully yeah and that was the moment where he changed to all right i i, I help everybody else come along and you know everything will get better here i'll do better they'll do better the store will do better we'll all do better but somebody had to look him in the eyes and say you're a bully and 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 let that emotional event happen just let that yeah. person soak that in yeah just just a dagger to the heart i mean that that got right to the to the to the core of what was going on there well it goes to something i've been working on which is the the saying that clarity is kindness yeah and, and so as a, as a, as on the disc profile, I'm an I, I like an indirect approach. Right. And sometimes the, the nicest thing you can do to somebody is tell them the truth 
in right. very blunt terms right and, and say listen you you've got maybe two months here and if this and this doesn't happen i don't you're not going to be here anymore <laughs> and let people decide right is that is that enough of an emotional right. tip for them to do the things that we've been talking about for months and months and months and, you know and, and trying to get them to do i i'm going to tell on myself uh my mother uh one time when i was in high school i had um I w I'm, I'm a, an I too, IS on disc. And, uh, and I love having friends and I had lots of friends. Um, and I had some friends that were not good friends. And I can remember a moment in my teens where my mother uh, looked at me and said, I know you're hanging out with these people for XYZ, but it's for XYZ and not the people. Um, that's sort of a prostitute. <laughs> right. Boing, you know, uh, <laughs> My and, mom and just called me a prostitute. My mom just called me a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and she was and she was right, of course. You know, that it, it doesn't work unless you're tripping over truth. You know, if you're tripping over, you know, somebody's accusation, it's not gonna fly. And you probably ought to be prepared to have some facts to back up, you know, here's the observations I'm making that lead me to this conclusion. Right. But having said that, you know, the sucker punch, <laughs> the the gut punch of my mother saying that. Yeah, it changed, you know, it, it changed uh, uh, how I uh, operated and made life better for me. Um, oh, so yeah. I, I so agree with that. Uh, yeah. And, and, and we do, uh, you know, and sometimes people do it inadvertently. Mm. So how many times have you heard the story of, you know, I had a guy and he told me I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, the, you know, I, you know, that example from my life, you know, I, uh, I wasn't a stellar high school student. Hmm. I got to the guidance counselor, the guidance counselor looked me square in the eye and said, I truly believe that college would be a huge waste of time and money for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess who I invited to my college graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. He got an invite, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, it was that. You know, and, and in a roundabout way, he was saying, you know, you haven't applied yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's more to to you than, than me. Prove it. I, we know that. You know right. that. And yeah. So so it was. And you hear a lot of people say that. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, somebody told them they couldn't or they weren't. Right. And all of a sudden that created the emotional energy to yeah. create a, a change. Well, we're, we, we keep coming back to sort of these origin moments, and um, they're definitely significant emotional events. And, and I would argue that this is right in line with our earlier uh, podcast episode about building a cathedral. Um, and we'll link to that in the notes, you know, thinking through, you know, what, you know, what is it about us that, that makes people want to be a part of us? Um, that is part and parcel probably with that origin story. If they get that, mm -hmm. you know, if, if they get what got us here um they're they're probably the people you want on your team oh yeah yeah if you're emotionally bought into the the the, the founder story the origin story yeah um you're already going the right direction you may need right. some 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 minor guidance but you've already got the number one thing which is the the, the enthusiasm the desire to contribute to the story yeah right i want to what's that walt whitman line right and you can contribute a verse yeah uh, and so, so yeah, I've got, I heard the story, the story is ongoing and I get to write a little piece of the next chapter. I like that. It's incredibly emotional. Yeah. 
Well, we don't want to beat a dead horse here. Um, you know, significant emotional event, uh, tripping over the truth, uh, putting humanity into some of these things that we're trying to do that are behavior changes, whether it's a customer's perspective, uh, whether it's, um, uh, you know, informal time with, with coworkers. Um, there, are, there are these moments uh, that uh, give you that chance to get the enthusiasm, to get that um, uh, emotional uh, fuel behind the behavior change. Um, there's probably about 5,346 more. That would be my guess, just off the top of my head. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, I'm just trying, you know, just trying. But we'd love to have your uh, thoughts in the comments um, of uh, what, are, what are some of the other, you know, sort of big moments that allow you to have that significant emotional event um, and again, if you're in a leadership, you can orchestrate some of this. That's part of your job is to sort of design the ecosystem, to, to, uh, to engineer the environment so that your people get this. It's such a blessing to them. Uh, so we hope we're encouraging you uh, to do just that. Fantastic. And speaking of encouragement, <laughs> yeah, that's what our significantly emotional uh, announcer has to say. It's emotional. Isn't he? He's emotional. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and that, I guess, is that. It doesn't take a genius. No rights reserved, nothing trademarked, copyrighted, or even original. Feel free to give it to anyone, anytime, using any and all media formats. Warning, Mark and Mike may or may not make another one. I'm your announcer, and I did not get paid a nickel to do this. They won't even let me tell you my name. So until next time, if there is a next time, stay safe, be well. That's good enough. <laughs>